If there's one thing everyone can agree on, it's that finances can be confusing, especially when you're trying to make sure your career, family life, and everything in between is taken care of. Trust me, I'm right there with you. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a budgeting newbie, or just someone looking to supercharge your financial future in about 15 minutes, this is for you. If you're ready to make your money work harder for you, and if you're ready to spark true financial independence, then you've come to the right place. I'm Teresa Arago, and this is Talking Sense. Research we're reading says there's an increasingly uncertain financial landscape, that we're entering a retirement crisis, and that rising debt is making people feel more pressure than ever. But here's the weird truth about what we're also seeing. More debt, fear of the unknown, causing, I guess what we could call analysis paralysis for people, where they're just not even doing anything. So we wanted to talk about this, kind of the current state of retirement, and about some trends that we're seeing in certain kind of groups, you know, the different generations, but then also some things that people can do to get out of that and to really get the ball rolling. So I've got Chad Roller here with me today. He's going to add some color, I'm sure, to the conversation as he always does, but he's my partner out in Conway and um, I always love having him on here. So thank you, Chad, for being here today. It's good to be here. So yeah, you know, the first thing that we've got to acknowledge is the life expectancy. You know, mm-hmm. we're all uh, traditionally right now living longer, right? Yes. You know, we, we went through uh, the COVID days and uh, that, you know, kind of changed the numbers a little bit. But for the most part, mm-hmm. overall, we're all living longer. And with life expectancy comes concerns for inflation because the longer you live, the more impactful it is. And pensions, they're like dinosaurs. They're going extinct, right? <laughs> they're, they're, unless you work for the government, or the state, there's really not many pensions out there any longer. So that puts a lot more pressure on the individual to save. But the data on U.S. savings rates indicates that people just aren't paying attention to that. And they're just clueless. Well, and we have been through, you know, the last couple of years, we've been through some high inflation. Obviously, that is the, you know, the, the thing that's been most talked about. But at right now, it has slowed, but it's not just stopped. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's still an increasing. And, and if you look, you know, historically, you know, inflation and in, good inflation is not a bad thing. Right. Right. So uh, you've still got to prepare for that in a lot of ways. But unfortunately, over the last couple of years, it's eat into a lot of those savings that could have may have potentially been invested mm-hmm. otherwise. And I think it, when you look at the different generations, you can see certain trends and we have to kind of group people some way when we're doing these research studies. So the one we looked at looked at Gen Z, Millennials, and Gen X. Which one are you part of, Chad? Well, I am part of the Millennials. Ah, so. see, I'm Gen X. Yeah. All right, so um, just barely. I'm like November 30th of 1979, so I just snuck in under the curve there. But, but I will <laughs> have to say, I feel more Gen X than I do Millennials. Got so. it. Well, that may be your it's Southern farm area. raising there. But uh, we do want to kind of point out some of the trends that we're seeing, because I think it's important to know where we are if we're going to give you guys some feedback on where you could go and what you need to do. So when we look at Gen Z, which is this people born 1997 to 2012, they actually are starting retirement earlier, savings, excuse me, earlier. The median age, kind of the average is 19 and 66% of them have already started saving through an employer plan. So it would seem that maybe they've got a, a leg up, right? Because the average savings rate is about 20%, which means some are saving more, some are saving less. Um, and their average balance is about $29,000. But a really weird thing I noticed was the average savings for emergencies is only 1000 So if something were to go wrong, 
they're in a position where they're going to have to dip into that employer plan, which we're seeing that they do. 28% of them have taken a hardship distribution from their employer plan. Yeah. So I guess, you know, one of the reasons why we kind of break this down into generations is we've all been kind of through different historical times during mm-hmm. our, um, you know, we we can't exp- we can't sympathize with those that went through the depression. Right. right? You know, we mm-hmm. haven't had, we haven't yeah. lived that experience. So those that, uh, you know, in in Gen Z, obviously, are going to look at things different than we are because, mm-hmm. you know, they they were very young at 9-11. You know, yes. we were. We, we understood what 9-11, we understood the 2008 financial crisis. So mm-hmm. some of those things, obviously, historically, you're going to react to things and, and plan and do things depending on what you've life experienced, mm-hmm. right? Because if you've not had those life experiences, you hadn't truly felt the impact of those. So that's why we're kind of breaking this down uh, into the dinner different generations. But one of the things that I think will be impactful for the new generation is this lack of pensions as yes. well as the lack of, you know, the changes in the Social Security that's probably going to have to happen down mm-hmm. the road because of that guaranteed income sources. And so that is going to mean that I think in a lot of ways they understand that they're looking at it from the standpoint of I'm not it's going to be on me, right? Yes. It's going to be the 401k that's going to drive a lot of my retirement. And a lot of the news they're watching is saying that. A lot of the exactly. news has a lot of fear mongering when it comes to Social Security. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, the specifics, but they probably do have that top of mind. Whereas, you know, earlier generations like mine, it wasn't top of mind until very recently. Um, I was concerned when I saw that 57% still say they're having trouble making ends meet while 30% of those are working two or more jobs. Many of them have a side hustle. And so I think about they're, they're putting in their savings, but are they financially sound or are they stretching themselves too thin? Well, and a lot of it is, you know, dual incomes to the household too. Mm-hmm. You know, historically, you know, that uh, that baby boomer generation did not have dual incomes. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you had the head of the household working and then you had a spouse probably staying at home. So there's a huge dynamic change there as far as just dual incomes come, you know, when you're talking about. So a lot of that side hustle, if you do have a spouse that's staying home, then you've got to find that second source right. of income. So I think that's a big difference when you're looking at the different generations. And then also, you know, you got to think of the impact if if Gen X is is behind as as far as we're showing that they are behind, Mm -hmm. then, you know, a lot of those Gen Z's are probably maybe learning from some of that, some of those parents. And and, and obviously you've got the grandparents that make an impact. So if you think about the generations ahead of you, what they're seeing uh, and what they're passing along to whether they're saving or or, or just their different lifestyles, uh, I think there's a lot to be told about the difference in the generations and, and, and passing on some of those uh, traditional planning processes that we've uh, traditionally went by. And then let's move on to millennials. So this is 1981 to 96. They're starting later. Most of them have started around age 25. Many of them lived through 2008, so they were probably a little more hesitant. Um, most had more student loans um, than their parents for sure. Average savings rates, 28 or 12%, excuse me, 78% of them saving by now. Um, But the median balance is about 49,000. There's a big age gap between these two groups, which makes me a little nervous, but they do have more emergency savings on average. So that's a promising thing to see. But what I found interesting, 30% of them became unemployed during the pandemic. 45% have a side hustle. 21% have two or more jobs. So that's pretty similar between the two generations there. 48% 48% saying they have trouble making ends meet. 
And then 24% have taken distributions from their retirement plans. So we're still in that kind of situation where we've got a lot of need to dip back into the retirement savings. And some of these are entering that sandwich years where you're juggling your career, your kids, and aging parents at the same time. So that said about 40% of them are currently serving as a caregiver. So you've still got young children, you've still got your career, you're trying to save, and you've got this other expense on your books. So the millennials, they're in better shape than Gen X, which we'll get to next, but they're still struggling. Yeah. And I think, you know, I would like to go back and and just see the difference in the credit cards in these generations too, Mm -hmm. because I can see where maybe the Gen X, that's more natural of of the credit. They were the new shiny thing for us. Yeah. You know, that was like the mark of adulthood was when you had a a credit card, a debit card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that is impactful. And one thought that occurred to me a minute ago is my I've got a son who is in this generation and a daughter who's in Gen Z. And I realized you were talking about the different generations and how one is watching the other. And, you know, maybe they are watching their parents who are hopefully being more honest about their good, their bad and their ugly financially. So their kids can learn from that. But let's get on me now. Gen Gen X, Gen X. Most of us started at 30. I can own. I started in my mid 30s because I had a plan that didn't quite work out how I wanted. So I got started late. 81 percent are participating in their retirement plans. Average saving rate, though, 10 percent. So we started later. We're saving less. Um, Estimated median balance by now is about 82,000. Average emergency savings is higher. We're being a little more cautious there, 5,000. But 19 percent have still taken hardship. So we're still at 20 percent of us have basically taken a distribution and we're not feeling that great about retirement. Most of us, and I am in this group, feel like we're not going to make it. So 17% are confident. That's it. (laughs) The vast majority of us are going, well, I might just work forever. Like I tell people that jokingly all the time, but that is a concern for me and most of my friends that because of the changes in the way retirement income is created, I may not have the option of retiring early if I want to. Yep. So you're saying 1665 is looking like it's yeah. a shorter distance than well, tw- back, I mean, when back you, when 20 was. You consider I have a five-year-old and I am 44. I have at least 13 years before I won't have a child in the home. So that's 60 yep. basically. Yep. So then I've still got to finish off things, you know, different goals that I'll have at that point. I won't have kids off the payroll till I'm in my mid sixties. Yeah. And I think for this generation right now, college expenses is huge. huge. You know, and there's a lot of scholarships out there, but just the the rise in in the secondary education, I think is Mm -hmm. huge for this generation. Yes. And I think people are waking up a little bit to that. And I mean, I've never been one to really push my kids for college only, but I think that our generation realized that a lot of us got degrees that we're just simply not using. And so that push to go to college as the only option has thankfully started to resolve some. But let's talk about the elephant in the room a little bit. Social Security. So when it was originally established, there were 30 workers for each recipient of Social Security because the average age to start was in your mid 60s. But the average age to pass away was lower than the average age to start. So there was a lot of surplus. And if nothing changes, the trust fund will deplete by 2032. But that's only if nothing changes. Historically, there have been times where the trust fund was getting low and the government did things about it. One of those was shifting full retirement age. So we expect something, but it may be that you get less benefits. Yeah. And, you know, I think as we age out and and these, you know, these Gen Z's get to live in longer, um, I think it's just going to be, and plus the inflation, you know, Social Security is going to be important, but it's Mm going to be less and less uh, a part of the overall financial picture for somebody in retirement. 
So it doesn't mean that it's not important and right. we've got to make sure that we plan for it and utilize it. But I think it's more and more important that the, the younger generations really focus on uh, their own savings and creating their own paycheck in retirement because there is these this giant shift from a 31 to 30 to one scenario to a two to one recipient mm-hmm. scenario. And I think, too, people don't realize how small Social Security is even now as a, you know, average, the average 2023 benefit was $1,788, $1,788 a month. So a lot of people don't realize Social Security is not meant to replace your paycheck. It is not meant to do that. So if your plan is to live off of Social Security, then you better be completely debt free and have a really low income need because it's just simply not going to be enough to sustain what you were doing prior to retirement. Right. And and I think, you know, for those that are in these younger generations, I mean, there's a standard of living that we've been mm-hmm. accustomed to, right? And so uh, just utilizing Social Security is not going to meet that standard of living. So we've pointed out some of the things that are contributing to this, what people are calling the retirement crisis. But let's talk about some things that people can do. Let's leave them with some empowerment. First thing you can do is educate yourself. You've got to understand what you need to do so that you can make intentional steps. And I think, you know, sometimes it's easy to say, look, it is what it is. I'm just going to deal with it when it gets here. Not worry about it today. Right. It's sometimes overwhelming, but you're really shooting yourself in the foot if you choose to do that. So take some time to educate yourself through appropriate resources, because we've talked about that before that, you know, there's a lot of gurus out there, um, but you can educate yourself starting now. And I think take some education from those other generations. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's someone telling you from an older generation telling you a piece of advice, take it to heart and listen to it and kind of, you know, filter out what you can gather out of that uh, because they've been there. Right. Yes. And and who's to say what you're going to face in your generation moving forward. But a lot of things, history doesn't always repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. Right? Yes. And I think, you know, I really learned the impact of debt from watching my mom struggle with it. And I was very grateful that she was willing to be honest with me about her mistakes so that I could learn from those. And I have clients who've done the same. Another thing is you've got to take stock of your current needs to prepare for your future needs. We have a lot of people that'll come in about ready to retire and have no idea what they need month to month to pay their bills. So if you start now and you know how much money you need, then you can plan ahead for that. Plus inflation, we can plan for that too. Do you have a long life expectancy? Are you taking care of the things now to go somewhere or are you just kind of like throwing money in a plan and hoping for the best? I think it's much more effective if you know where you're trying to get to if you want to create a roadmap. Yeah. And no matter what generation you're in, you, you need to start with a couple simple steps. Mm-hmm. Emergency savings, making sure you utilize your employer plan and try to stay away from any kind of withdrawals from retirement accounts. Yes. I think those are some great tips. So it's time for our two cents. Chad, uh, I'm going to say if you need help getting started, Check out our free resource. We've got one on our website. It's called Six Keys to Unlocking Financial Independence. You can go to getreadyforthefuture.com slash keys, or you can text the word keys to 501-381-5228. Again, that's 501-381-5228. Text the word keys, and we'll send that free document to you that can just help you decide what steps you're ready to take and get started on your journey to financial independence. And I would say, again, repeat that. No matter what generation you're in, emergency savings, utilize that employer plan and try to stay out of those retirement accounts. Perfect. Hope is not a plan, but you don't have to feel hopeless. So I hope you've learned something that can help you on your journey to financial independence today. Thank you for joining us on Talking Sense. We'll catch you next week.
Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Jim Walt team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or by calling our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and Gemwell Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.